Hey, thanks for stopping by another Carline Conversation. My name is Jason, and in this episode, I have a conversation with my friend, Phil Albritton. Phil has the job I dreamed of having as a kid. He is a toy maker. That's right, he's up there with Mattel, Fisher-Price, Geppetto, and Tom Hanks in the movie Big, all the greats. In seriousness, though, Phil is a husband and a father of two, so he's got a really unique perspective of being both a toy creator and a consumer. He shares with us some wisdom about age-appropriate toys, the value of play, and how we can use play to help our kids develop life skills. To me, one of the most impactful things that he mentions is how we cultivate a sense of wonder in the hearts of our children. I just love that idea. This is a fun conversation, and I'm so thankful for Phil's time and his insight. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Thanks again for stopping by. All right, Phil, thanks so much for joining me here on the Carline Conversation podcast. Jason, a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the uh, invite. Absolutely, man. I, I'm really excited for this. Uh, I, when I tell people that there's going to be an episode that they're not going to be able to guess, you know, the the guest I have or what they do, uh, you're the one I'm always thinking of because you are a real life Tom Hanks from Big, right? That's what you do. You play with toys all day. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah, life is a movie. Uh, well, yeah. it, that is an extrapolation for sure of of the industry. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a toy designer. I'm I've been in the toy industry since uh, 1999. That's right. Awesome. So how does how does one get into the toy industry? How did you get your start? Yeah, absolute grace of God, um, and and I, and I say that not tongue in cheek at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I uh, graduated uh, from college, and I had a degree in uh, communication and media arts, and was looking for something in television or radio uh, at the time. Nothing was coming open, and I uh, said, you know, sat down, just had a kind of some introspection moments, and said, well, "What have you always wanted to do?" And the thing that rose to the top of the list was, "I've always wanted to to make toys." Um, I loved toys growing up. Uh, my dad was a, was a big collector and, uh, it was just always a part of what we did, you know, whether it was comic book action figures or, uh, Star Wars, all of those things influenced me as a kid. And so, you know, that was just kind of the pie in the sky. Oh, wouldn't that be neat? Okay. So let's go that direction. So I, I, uh, I looked it up in the phone book of all things. This was pre-internet. So I looked it up in the phone book. And uh, I was in Nashville, and there was one toy company in Nashville, Tennessee, called Kid Power. And uh, that's interesting. So, again, no internet, didn't really know what they were manufacturing or what they were involved with. So I cold-called Kid Power, and I got their voice answering system. And they said, if you know the number of the extension that you'd like to reach, press. I have no idea. I hit (laughs) 212. And it led me to... Uh, a lady there that was the head of marketing at Kid Power. And I explained who I was right out of college, always wanted to learn more about the toy industry. And she said, as she says, as a matter of fact, I'm writing an ad for a marketing assistant position right now. She said, send your resume by and, uh, and we'll take a look. I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe a little wow. bold, but I'll be there in 10 minutes. I'll hand, <laughs> I'll hand you my resume in person. And from there, we just had great conversations. She was she was fantastic, and I got to meet the, the team. It was a small company, and they had just launched um, what was the 
what was soon to be the number one pool product uh, for several years in a row, the Fanoodle, the big foam pool stick. Man, you were in on the ground floor of the, you see them at of the, pool. the noodle. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's awesome. And so uh, within the week, I, I had a job as the marketing assistant by the end of the year. I, I think the art director there had... Uh, had gone on to, to better things, and and I became the art director there. And so that's where I cut my teeth in the toy industry. And again, small company, you wore a lot of hats. Uh, I was in marketing and, and art and manufacturing and uh, to some degree sales and just learned as much as I could uh, at that time and just loved that. And so that was my that was my beginning. And it really was, I I every time I tell the story, I credit God for putting that in my path. Uh, it was, it was miraculous in my mind. And, uh, and it was the path that I was, I was meant to tread. So yeah, that's, that's how I got in. So I, I joke about Tom Hanks, but it's really not that far from, <laughs> from that movie. It's, it sounds like a movie. That's <laughs> find, awesome. find, yeah. Find your direction and, and go, you know, set your will that way and, uh, and good things happen. And, and when in doubt, go back to the phone book, right? That's that's the lesson learned there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know that I could find a phone book today if I had right. to. I, I haven't seen a phone book in a long, long time. So yeah, it's um, weird now that today's parents have to Google what a phone book was. You know, we barely remember a little bit there. But um, I mean, that's, that's we're talking. You know, mid to late nineties there. So I imagine there's been quite a bit of change since then. I mean, that was back in the days of, I guess, Tickle Me Elmo and some, I mean, you, you said the foam noodle, you know, that was just now coming out as, as a big thing. So what all have you seen change uh, being kind of behind the curtain of the toy industry? How has it changed over yep. the last yep. 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah, that, that's right. So, so the, the brand and the company was sold um, and, and uh, we were all encouraged to find our own path and go our own direction. And so, uh, I founded Power Kid Design and Development uh, shortly after I left Kid Power. Uh, again, kind of an homage to to Kid Power. My company is Power Kid, um, and uh, started developing and designing and doing all the things that I was doing at Kid Power uh, for others around the toy industry. So traveling to toy fairs and meeting people and building my network and and growing uh, our talents and our skills and our team. I've got illustrators and sculptors and plush designers now. Um, and so, yeah, you asked what has changed. And the, the funny thing is what hasn't changed. Uh, of course, the Internet has changed everything about uh, sales and, and, and production and design and development from from the ground up. But um, one of the things I will say, a, a big change that happened just even just a few years ago um, with the closing of the doors of Toys R Us, it really has limited the shelf space that is available for toys uh, in a physical kind of retail environment. Um, you've got some specialty stores that have stepped up and, and everybody has tried to step up and take more of that piece of the pie uh, that Toys R Us did, um, did own. Uh, but that was a big shift. That was a big change. So typically you could present um, 10 items to Toys R Us and Toys R Us have 40,000 square foot store that they had to fill with toy products. So they may, they may take most of those items. Uh, and that's just not the case today. Um, but on the flip side of that, limited shelf space, but there's also more opportunity to sell online. Amazon, of course, has been a huge boon to the industry, but there's more opportunity also to self-produce things like Kickstarter, um, social media, the ability to to create a product and get it out there into the world yourself. 
uh, I think that has been one of the big changes. Um, you don't necessarily have to go through a big company to license your product. You can self-produce, and uh, and those tools are av are available to us today. I didn't even think about how Toys R Us would have shifted things. I imagine Amazon certainly had a, a massive impact, but yeah, Toys R Us and then kind of the decline, I guess, of the mall as well probably took a hit. I think of the hours of my life spent as a kid at KB Toys playing like Rock'em Sock'em Boppers in the, in the front or playing a Sega Genesis that they had on display or something like that. I, I didn't think about the people that that would have impacted, you know, down the line in your situation. Yeah, the, the walk through the mega toy store is, uh, is really non-existent today. Um, I, we had a children's palace growing up in Evansville, and I can still map my path that I walked, <laughs> you know, every time I went into that store through, you know, past the, uh, the, the, the Sega Genesis and through the Ninja Turtles and over here by the G.I. Joes and, and, you know, the bikes down this aisle. I, I know that store by heart, uh, even though it's been closed for, you know, two, three decades at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, kids just don't have that experience anymore that, um, and it is a shame that we don't get to, um, expose customers to new products in that way. They see it on the shelf for the first time and, oh, well, but, but there are all kinds of new ways, um, for, for parents and kids to learn about new products. And so, uh, word of mouth is still alive and well, pester power <laughs> and, uh, and playground marketing, uh, all still happen. So. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, it, it has, it has changed, but play is forever. Uh, play is, play is very consistent. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm, I'm getting a little misty eyed. You, you hit Sega Genesis, Ninja Turtles, GI Joe. I mean, that's the trifecta for me, uh, growing up back in, <laughs> back in those days, you know? Um, but you know, you had talked about how the marketing in particular, uh, is still important. will still be a part of the process, always be around, um, for, for what you're selling. Is, is there any kind of, uh, peek behind the curtain, so to speak, that you could give parents today, especially parents that are, are trying to raise their kids, uh, in, in a way that glorifies God, kingdom minded parenting. That's kind of the, the crux of this podcast. Are there some things that we need to know about marketing that can make us a little wiser uh, or, or help us in discerning what are healthy kids, for, uh, healthy toys rather for our kids? And do you have any toys in particular that you feel like um, that we need to be on the lookout for that can help us uh, draw our kids closer to God, teach them about God? It's a great question. So uh, marketing has segmented significantly to, you know, used to, you could put a, a TV commercial, uh, a television show on, uh, on primetime Saturday morning cartoons and the word would be out. Okay. That doesn't exist anymore. So there is, there's still television marketing. There's online marketing, YouTube influencers, uh, unboxing videos really, uh, propagated a whole new level of kind of brand recognition and brand building. Um, and so there, there's a lot of ways to reach kids and it, and it, it becomes more, um, difficult. It's not just a, a one-stop shop. You have to, to pull a lot of levers these days to really capture, a kid's attention um, because there is a lot of chatter out there. And I think from a, from a parent's perspective, if you've got a young child, I'd say that's probably first and foremost, um, just to, to really uh, frankly limit your child uh, to their exposure to those, those online um, things. Uh, it's, it's hard for a child to differentiate between what is an advertisement and what is a fun piece of content that that's teaching mm -hmm. them something. Right. And, uh, you know, we've gotten better at that and, and we've had some regulations put in place that that prevent um, some of the abuses that used to happen of that. 
Um, but I would, I would not let your child just free roam on YouTube and, and find their own way, you know, find their own products. I think parents can be very, um, uh, very thoughtful about the products that they put in front of their child. Young children, there is nothing better still than blocks, than physical objects for them to pick up, to play with, to stack, to, to start to understand you know, how reality works, what, what gravity is like, um, what it's like to build something, to have it fall down and then build it again. All of those things um, that are associated with play really build the child's, um, it can build the child's character, but it builds skills within the child that that child takes with them in, into adulthood. Um, you know, the, the saying is play is the work of the child and, and toys are the tools of, of that work. And so, um, you know, things that we gravitate to, I've got a, a 10 year old and an eight year old and, and we've gone through our, our phases of what we you know thought were educational or, or calming or fun or, you know, got them energetic or got them to calm down. There's kind of all of those types of products that you want to put in your, um, in your arsenal, in your toy box. But, um, we really lean heavily on art products, uh, on blocks. Uh, we think that doll play is very important. Um, doll play, there's there's nothing better for a child to build compassion than to play with your child with with dolls. And that's that's boys and girls. Uh, it's needed in, in both directions. And so, um, yeah, so many great benefits come out of that. That, that idea of caretaking, um, taking care of something that's weaker and younger than you, um, that, is, that is right at the heart of God. And so it's, uh, it's extremely important uh, in our families to do that. Uh, dress up. Right or, or or play what I call play life. Uh, so this is you know vacuum vacuum like mom, you know mow the yard <laughs> like dad. Those kind right. of things model the behavior um, are invaluable as as a part of the t- the toy arsenal for uh, for your your kid's childhood. And then uh, you know one thing that we gravitated to really heavily, and it was really guided by my kids was outdoor toys capturing bugs, right? Anything that gets you outside, binoculars, uh, bug collecting kits, uh, getting outside, exploring nature, exploring creation, and then just seeing the excitement on their face when they bring home, you know, that massive grub that they found under the, under the wood chip pile. Uh, you know, wow, I've never seen this before. And this is amazing. And, and then talking about, you know, creation and, and the, and the wonders of it and just, uh, you know, they really, my kids just loved that from the very get go. And so we've been, um, very, very focused on, on that kind of, of play. And so, um, again, you know, there is, there is very little you can't learn from playing with your kids, from spending time in play with your kids. You're going to learn a lot about your kids. You're also going to learn a lot about yourself in -hmm. doing that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So there's, that's what I Those would are say. Some great insights, man, especially the, the compassion and playing with dolls and things and, and, and hearing you talk more about toys and the approach there. It, it's based around building a relationship with your child. It's based around using a toy as a tool, really, uh, to teach them about life, to teach them godly principles, but then to also build a relationship with them, to be there with them and, and to enjoy that time together. So those are some really, really good insights. Thank you for that. That's right. Um, and, and I would add games as well. The, the idea yeah. of taking turns, of being able to lose with grace and win with grace, mm-hmm. um, that, that's critical. 
playing fair, not cheating. You know, all of those little things, we don't really think about necessarily that a child is learning that when they play Monopoly, but but most certainly they are. Well, um, and then, then there's always the discussion of, well, do you do you let your kids win or you do you teach them yes. tough love? You know, right. And the answer is yes to both. We're learning we're learning yeah. chess in our house, and I, okay. I sort of have to pull the punches a little bit uh, yeah. and, and let them you know let them learn and, and that that kind of thing. But soon yeah. enough, they'll be beating me, so I'm, I'm not worried about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to find the balance of building resilience, you know, in our kids, like you said, teaching them how to win, but also how to how to lose. That's that's very, very valuable. Um, so you you've been in the toy industry since since the late 90s, um, but your kids aren't quite that old. So what was that like coming into the toy industry? Um, not not a father and then raising kids. Um, how has being in having this really unique occupation, how has that impacted your parenting and, and how you, you guys, you and your wife choose to raise your kids? Yeah, I, I got to walk through the, the process of being a parent who, who's looking for toys and what is that like? And that, that really informed a lot of my work um, and how I think about product and packaging and communication and marketing and what kind of products I was looking for at all different ages, um, especially baby toys. Uh, there is a there's a number of of products out there that that you could get you know light up and beep and roll around and you're you've just had a child your your mind is sort of boggled with all of the other accoutrement that you're you know that you you have to to manage from the diaper changing station to the car seat uh to all the little t- tips and tools and and things of just you know, keeping the child alive and healthy. <laughs> and then you want me to think about toys too. Okay. What do we, you know, what do we do here? Uh, yeah. what, what should they be playing with? Um, I think early days books were such a great, um, a, a great benefit to us. We, we took time to really read with our kids as much as we could and spend time telling stories with the kids. Um, and sometimes that became play as well. You know, it it was interesting to me how a story that you told at night could turn into um, an adventure outside as you were playing, as we were playing with our kids the next day. You know, they would remember that and they would build on it and they would want to to recreate that story in the real world. And so that was really interesting um, to see the child's perspective. And I think that's maybe one of the most difficult things about being a toy inventor, a toy manufacturer, a toy producer is continually putting yourself as an adult back into the shoes of, of a child Mm -hmm. that, that can be very difficult at some point along the lines. and, And all of the adults listening can, I think can concur. We begin to lose the ability to play. And it is something that has to be cultivated. I think it's very, very important to keep play um, at at the front of one's mind, uh, to keep ha- you know having fun, to keep young, to keep moving. Um, because once once you lose the ability to play, you you really lose something. How do I want to say this? You you lose. Uh, the the ability to learn things and have fun learning things, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, work becomes sometimes real work. <laughs> yeah. It can be, it can be drudgery, right? For well, the adult. 
and creativity uh, but we, but we, comes from we need that to, too. Yeah, you, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So so maintaining that sort of attitude of play and having kids most certainly can can do that. And and we will often just let our kids lead. All right. What do you what do you want to play with today? Let them lead. You know, we will follow and um, and they're teaching us as much as we're teaching them. Yeah, no, that, that's great. I think when you read through the Gospels and you see Jesus's interactions with people, you see there's actually some playfulness in there. And uh, and you're exactly right when you say that we kind of at some point along the way, we when we lose play, we, we do lose that creativity. We lose the ability to just be joyful, you know, and to be unfiltered in that joy. And I think that is very important for us, for our, even for our mental health these days, but also for our kids to see that. Uh, and, and I think it does, that there's a connection that develops on a different level with you and your child when you're just being playful with them. Yeah. Ma- yeah. Maintaining that wonder of, of the world. I think, I think kids, when they're playing, um, there is still that, when you set up the dominoes, right, and you knock them down for the first time, what's a kid's reaction? Wow! Uh, you know, <laughs> chain reaction, gravity, uh, yeah. physics and, and weight falling on top of each other. I, I think we have to maintain that sense of wonder and teach that sense of wonder, you know, continually. Yeah. You, you hold up the, the, the head of a pin at arm's length against the sky and you realize there are billions and billions of galaxies inside the space that the head of that pin covers. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we lose that as adults, we lose the sense of wonder and, and I think we've lost something critical. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. That was really well said. Yeah, it kind of inspires me to just go out and play a prank or something. You know, <laughs> definitely makes some, right. go makes go me, dig worms. <laughs> go dig some worms. That's right. See if we can find the grubs and and get our hands dirty. You know, we I think as adults we could all probably do with a little extra time in the sandbox. Uh, that's for sure. So, well, so what is something that um, a couple of questions? One is this is. You're the closest thing I have to Mr. Rogers, and uh, one of the episodes we've watched a million times with our kids is how they make crayons. So can you give us a little insight into just the process of, of making uh, making a toy? What goes into that? No, it's, it's great. The, the, the process of making anything, I think, is ultimately more interesting than the thing itself. Uh, you know, the machinery and the, uh, the the ability to make that thing and the, and the person that invented how to do that is is great. So... Um, you know, toys range in uh, material, they range in size, and so I won't be able to encapsulate, you know, every sort of aspect, but but generally it starts with an idea, it starts with a creative idea. What if we could do this? What what if we could play with a Frisbee in a little bit of a different way? Um, and so it, that idea then breeds a prototype. Let's test this out. And there's There's science to what we do. Let's test this out. Let's see if this works in the physical world. And I've had, I've had a number of projects just stop right there because how I think mm-hmm. it's going to work in my head doesn't, doesn't, you know, cohort to, uh, doesn't, doesn't translate to the physics of the world. So, uh, so that's, you know, that's the next thing is, is the prototype. Can we make it work? Is it fun to play with? And, and then you go into, as you start heading towards mass manufacturing, you, you go into illustration, you go into the engineering of, of that product. Of course, costing is critical. Uh, and then I'd, I'd say that in the last few years, that's been one of the, one of the major changes of the toy industry. Everything has gone up from freight to material costs to manufacturing costs 
to hand labor. And so that that's a key component. This is where this is where toys it's that line between when, when you know toys are fun to think about to the business side of of right. creating a product. Um, getting it into the hands of your consumers. So finding those distribution channels and those partners to work with um, to get your product into the world and and figuring out what it's going to cost to do that and what you need from your customer in order to ship that product. Of course, packaging is still uh, a massive concern. Communicating as much as you can, as concisely as you can uh, on the front of the package. Um, and so, yeah, it, you know, it, at some point it becomes like any other um, retail, sorry, it becomes like any other uh, you know, your business that, that requires you to produce a thing and sell a thing. Um, but it is, uh, you know, the, the thing in, in question when it's done is hopefully fun. Hopefully it brings uh, joy to millions and millions of children. And, uh, and you can see it uh, run for a long time in the stores and, and get a lot of traction and just bring a lot of people joy. Right. What is something that, um, what's something that you think would surprise people about your job? It's a great question. Um, there is always something new. The toy industry moves very, very quickly. If you get a two-year run out of a new product, you've done well. So the amount of ideas that we are developing at any one time is is fairly massive. Um, opposed to, you know, we're in, we're in the Huntsville area right now. Uh, something that takes years and years, decades sometimes, to to invent and develop. Uh, a weapon system or, or, or something like that. Uh, toys move much more quickly, which suits my, uh, my temperament. I, I'm, I'm much happier moving quickly and, and thinking about a lot of things rather than spending uh, concentrated time for, you know, a decade on one particular product. Um, I think that, you know, once, once someone thinks about the toy industry and realizes the wide swath of the population that we serve, the differences between something that's built for a preschool child and something that's built for a teenage collector, for example, mm -hmm. th those are very different propositions, very different concerns, all the way from, from safety to the aesthetic design to how you market uh, on the front of the packaging. And so I would say that just the variety of, uh, of thought experiments and, um, and, and creativity that we get to have in the toy industry is is really fantastic. It's very challenging, but it is always fun. Always fun. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So again, you're, you're a parent, been a parent for years now. What, what, any other advice out there that you would give uh, to parents regarding toys approach? It could be hang on to those beanie babies for a little while longer, you know, whatever you think would be uh, helpful <laughs> for parents that are trying to raise their kids uh, again to the glory of God. Any advice? Right. Right. I would say focus on your child first. Uh, you can fall into a trap where you, you listen to the influencers and you listen to the chatter and, and you get your kid a, a lot of product that's that you're told is fun, right? right? But it may not be for your child. You really need to sit down with your child, pay attention to your child, and see how your child likes to play. Some child, some children love to play socially, so they like to have big, big groups of kids and, and play in that way. And so, you know, lean, lean that direction. Find products that uh, that will encourage the child to continue playing that way. Some children 
uh, prefer playing quietly off off on their own, building blocks or Legos or something like that. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think that's the most important thing is just um, focus on your child, find the things that your your child naturally gravitates to, but then be very thoughtful also in stretching what that child is exposed to. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so find products that are sort of a middle, middle ground. So he, he likes to play by himself and in quiet, you know, and have quiet time, but we want to build um, some socialization in the child. We want the child to, to get out and be able to work with others ultimately. And so you can begin introducing uh, those ideas and products that would encourage that in, in your child as you go. And, and so, yeah, our, our, our play here, our kind of toy philosophy is very child centric. Um, what's, what's good for my daughter may not be good for my son, but it may flip flop next year. So you have to pay mm-hmm. attention. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the most challenging parts of parenting is knowing each child, what they need, what they don't need, what they like, don't like, because they are completely unique. Even, even twins, identical twins can be completely unique, uh, in personality <laughs> and, and what, helps them learn what they engage with and what they don't. So that's, that's a uh, really good advice there to be astute and to, right. to learn your child. Well, listen, Phil, I can't thank you enough, man. Uh, I have really enjoyed this sort of peek behind the curtain. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you or they have questions, um, I believe you also have a podcast. Where are some places that folks can get a hold of you? I do. Yeah. Uh, feel free to subscribe to the power kid podcast. I have uh, guests on there uh, that are that are just fantastic from every angle and and uh, part of the toy industry. We talk about all things uh, toys and toy industry and children's content. And so, uh, feel free to subscribe over there. You can reach out to me at Phil at PowerKidDesign.com. My website is PowerKidDesign.com. If you've got an idea, uh, you've got a game, you've got a new toy that you think could uh, could be the next big hit, let's talk about it. Reach out. I love to have those conversations, and uh, we can help you develop it and uh, get it in the right hands and uh, and help make it a reality. Great, man. That, that's awesome. Uh, so anybody with creativity out there, Phil's your guy. Definitely look him up. And uh, again, Phil, I just really can't thank you enough for sharing your time with me today. And thank you guys so much for listening with us here on the Carline Conversation Podcast. We hope this conversation has been helpful. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks again so much for listening to this episode of the Carline Conversation Podcast. If it's been helpful to you, please follow and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening. It also helps if you'll take a moment to rate the show. It goes a long way to growing the podcast. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share or suggestions for future topics or guests, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or email. Thanks again for stopping by, and we'll see you on the next episode of Carline Conversations.